0: Welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio with your host Donald Charbonnet. This is the radio program designed for industry insiders as well as anyone interested in getting into the rental equipment industry. Now, here is Donald Charbonnet.
1: Hello, again, and welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio. I'm your host Donald Charbonnet, broadcasting live from New Orleans. Again, this week, a big thank you to the hundreds of listeners. Tell your friends and associates. The number to call in is one eight six six. 472-5790. I want to say thanks to one of our sponsors, Jeannie, uh, for sponsoring the show. If you're going to buy, buy blue. Uh, last week, I had the pleasure of attending the ARA of Louisiana meeting that was held at uh, Ditchwich in uh, Geismar, Louisiana. It was great being with all you guys, and, and thanks for the time given uh, to me to promote the show. Uh, I know the people in the industry are busy, so I also appreciate all the listen-on-demand traffic we've had as well as emails. Remember, if you call in, we won't use any last names or company names on the air unless you want to. And as always, please let me know if there's a certain guest or subject you'd like to discuss that we can do in the show, and I'll do my best to, to get them. We have some good ones coming up in the weeks to come. These guests should be interested. I call it the environment and your rental yard. My guest today is Brian Evans. He's president of Evans Equipment and Environmental. Brian is originally from Lafayette, Louisiana, but currently resides in Bat Rouge, and is a graduate of LSU, go Tigers, should be a great game against number one Saturday night. Brian mm-hmm. started to develop Evans' equipment in Bat Rouge this last year at LSU by making cold calls after class. His dad had the equipment territory, but no customers. It started with two employees totaled at the time. Brian and developed industrial markets in the plants and refineries running tank cleaning equipment over 10 years. By 2005, Brian began developing national customers with their water treatment system selling to industrial companies that had multiple locations across the country. Brian took over the company as president in 2010. The company experienced very large growth from 2010 to 2014, expanding to four brick-and-mortar officers and doing work in about 25 to 30 states, some in Canada and a little in South America. Today, they have offices in Broussard and Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Houston and Corpus Christi, Texas. He's currently making a large push in investment in Texas in the industrial markets, the refineries and chemical plants, to expand their business that is not as cyclical as the upstream oil and gas market that has been a a large part of his business. Obviously, if you sell a Environmental equipment—you have to know the rules that pertain to the environment. So, with that, uh, Brian, welcome to
2: the show.
3: Thanks a lot, Donald. Uh, as uh, as Donald mentioned, I, I got to tell you, man, after you read that that little bio, it made me feel a little old. Uh, <laughs> reading, uh, listening to the history of all that—you you and I have gone back probably 20 years or so, and uh, it's flown by. So. Welcome from south Louisiana, where it's about uh, 85 degrees and humid, not not like a uh, Halloween night, but supposedly the cool weather's on the way. So.
1: Cool. cool. Brian, let's Thank get you, our next year. We have a lot to cover in an hour. Uh, first, tell me a little bit more about your company and its products offering. I know it's kind of split, so uh, tell the listeners what you all do.
3: You bet. Donald, we, we've, as you mentioned, we've kind of got two separate businesses, but uh, I'll touch on the environmental piece uh, more than anything, as that is what this call relates to. Um, I would best describe our business uh, and its product offering as a as a turnkey company. Okay, when you're dealing with uh, uh, wash bays, wash racks, cleaning equipment. Uh, in the rental business, uh, one size doesn't fit all, and each rental uh, business is, might be a little bit different uh, than the other. And so what we try to do at our company is we obviously sell equipment to treat wastewater and to wash equipment. But we go uh, a couple of steps further in uh, the design of the wash facilities and the uh, Permitting of wash facilities in the installation of the facility itself in the construction of it. And so I would say that the best way to describe our company, and our product offering, is we are a turnkey company. We're not just moving iron and selling the equipment. We're doing some of the heavy lifting as it pertains to government municipalities, as we we're pertaining to the actual construction of the facility. So um, to, to sum it up, a turnkey uh, company, environmental company that specializes in wastewater treatment.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, Brian, from an environmental standpoint, what are rental companies facing these days?
3: Well, Donald, that's a that's a loaded question. I think uh, every rental facility struggles with environmental issues, but you know, typically at a rental facility, the branch manager, or the service manager, is juggling so many different responsibilities. He's juggling. Uh, revenue. He's ju- uh, juggling a P&L. He's juggling um, uh, employees. He's juggling customers. And I think one of the things that, that sometimes gets left on the side is, is the environmental compliance uh, to the facility. And I think that goes both at the facility level, but then up to the corporate level where companies have multiple locations. So I think more than anything, Donald, is, is the unknown is uh, these guys, uh, rental facility managers, have got to wash equipment. You have to wash it. You cannot put out a dirty piece of equipment. Your customers expect a clean piece of equipment. So you've got to figure out a way to wash it. And uh, the washing part is typically the easiest. You just use the pressure washer or a high-volume pump or a high-volume uh, fire hose to, to clean it down, but when you've got to take care of that waste and take care of that wastewater is where the the questions and the and the hurdles come from. So I think one of the biggest items that the uh, the facility managers and/ or the uh environmental managers are faced with is what to do with the water, correct because uh they're they're not. Uh, many times savvy on what the laws and what the restrictions are in a local municipality or within a city or within a state or what the federal laws are. So they're, they're left in the dark as to what to do with the water. Should we treat the water and send it to the city sewer? Well, how do we go about doing that? How do we go about getting a permit to do that? Who do we talk to? We don't know should we uh, pretreat this wastewater and discharge it to a ditch again who do we talk to not clear on that many times and it's very difficult to navigate um, a bureaucracy in a government uh, and and wastewater is another bureaucracy that a rental facility manager or owner will have to deal with is a is getting to the right person to get the correct answer so I think those are, from an environmental standpoint, your facility managers and uh, branch managers, service managers, are really struggling to know what to do, that, and wh- how to wash it is, is not so much the challenge, but what to do with the water after it's washed. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and, and, and so also along those lines, it's washing, uh, and, and not just the exercise of washing, but as you said, the, the water treatment is, it's, I mean... Many times it's the highest point of exposure for a rental company. And what, why is that, and and who actually regulates it?
3: That is that is a great question. I, I use this conversation with customers on a regular basis. I would, I will say, at a rental facility, the highest level of exposure, meaning uh, uh, safety exposure and environmental exposure, outside of that company driving the tractor trailer out of the yard where. Uh, you've got an interstate and you've got thousands of cars and you've got a heavy piece of equipment, the wash rack is a highest rate of exposure for the company because you're generating in a rental facility, you're generating tens of thousands of gallons of wastewater. Uh, You may not generate that in a day, but over time you're going to generate hundreds of thousands of gallons of wastewater. If you're not disposing of that properly or you're not recycling it, that water is leaving your facility it 's either leaving your facility and going into the ground or it 's leaving your facility and going into a ditch or to a river or or any open body of water and there 's risk there if you drop an oil pan on a piece of equipment and it, that water's not pretreated well you 've got an oil machine going down the river or going down a ditch, and people see that, and it 's against the law obviously so I find uh, other than then uh, the driving of the uh, the tractor trailers uh, the the wash rack is the highest level of exposure for a company.
1: And, and so jumping into the other part of that question is that it, does each local municipality regulate their own rules for what can go where?
3: yes, um, that that is a that is a tricky question. It's one of the things that. Uh, we do upon an initial site visit is begin to find out you know what what municipality is this a county is this uh... is this the city or or the town that handles the the wastewater or accepts wastewater from a facility so at each uh... municipality whether it be a city town state or federal they determine the the limits typically donald The, if the water is going into a sanitary sewer system, meaning the, the wastewater, uh, goes into the sanitary sewer system where it's going to be treated further, that's typically handled by the local municipality, the city of New Orleans, the city of Houston, something like that. If it's going into an open body of water, like a, a river or a ditch or, Uh, a a holding pond or something like that, that's typically regulated by the state in which the facility is located. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. I think the only three letters worse than IRS is DEQ. Uh, Amen. (laughs) Amen. So, uh, obviously, rental business is is a very large and varied industry, and uh, many companies specialize in different types of equipment that they need to to wash some are washing heavy dirt equipment some are washing small tools how should a rental company research the best way to wash and then decide what's the best way to handle the waste that relates to that washing if that if that's a triple question or not
3: yes that that man that that is a fantastic question um Look, one size doesn't fit all in the rental business. We, we take care of uh, so many different types of customers. We take care of of oil drilling rental companies. We take care of uh, drilling mud companies that rent equipment. We take care of heavy equipment companies. We take care of, oh, any assortment, and guess not any one of those has the same waste stream and the same amount of water and contaminants that go into the wash rack. So I think one of the things that's most important is to know what you're washing and to have someone come out and give you an assessment of what you're washing because one size does not fit all. And and Donald, one of the most important things in the water treatment business is pretreatment. And guess what? That's not a sexy, uh, sexy thing to talk about. It had, doesn't have anything to do with equipment. It has to do with settling time, and having enough settling time for solids to fall down, and then for oil and hydrocarbons to float up, so that you can take that out of the water and, and either reuse it or pretreat it and discharge. And pretreatment is one of the is is the biggest item to consider when you're setting up a wash facility. And thus, when you're looking at different types of facilities, a heavy equipment dealership, let's say, a someone that's washing uh, very large bulldozers and excavators is going to need a whole bunch more pretreatment. And when I say pretreatment, I'm not talking about water treatment equipment. I'm talking about a drive-in pit, a couple of settling pits, concrete pits to settle those solids out before it gets to the water treatment system because if you have no pretreatment, the water treatment system is going to clog up in no time no time flat. So it's very, very important to have a, a high level of pretreatment, and that is one of the best ways to design a wash rack is to evaluate those things.
1: And, and have you seen in your business a, an uptick in the, I guess, people understanding what they really need to do to be in compliance? Are, are people getting
3: it? <laughs> uh, Donald, I, I see... I say yes and no. I think people uh, typically, they do not want the bad press, okay? And I think one of the biggest things is they do understand if they are a publicly traded uh, company and, and or if they are a, a one of the larger rental facility uh, companies, they have certain standards that uh, their their health, safety, and environmental department imposes on them. And so many times the the, the, the standard is set, meaning if If we don't have access to city sewer to discharge our wastewater, we're going to recycle it. There's no way we're going to let it go to a ditch because there's too much exposure. So I think from an overall perspective, people still don't have a good understanding of what it's going to take to get them in compliance. I'm going to be honest with you, but I think that they have uh, more parameters set upon them by their corporate so that their uh, level of exposure goes down. Did that make sense?
1: It, it does, and, and just knowing the severity of it all and uh, having been contacted in uh, years past by those uh, DEQ guys, uh, it's just such an important subject matter. That's why I wanted to have you on the show to, uh, to, to help people kind of a wake-up call to say, if you're not doing something, uh, you, you better think about it soon. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. I think another thing, Donald, that is not talked about a whole bunch is, is a disgruntled employee, I cannot tell you how many times we've been to facilities we've been called out either by the local municipality after they've been fined or shut down or by the the facility themselves where they had a disgruntled employee who knew they were discharging the water where they weren't supposed to be and were not taking care of it, and they turned in their former employer. So, And I, this is certainly not... It doesn't happen every day, but it, it's happened uh, quite a few times because it's one of the ways that uh, a disgruntled employee can, quote unquote, get back at his employer.
1: Well, I, I can tell you I have firsthand experience with that, with an employer doing that and just saying that we were dumping all down the, the regular uh, drain system, but we had all the backup records to show that any environmental type of fluids uh, were being hauled off properly and had the manifest to prove it. And the guy was just trying to get us in trouble and almost cost a lot of people their jobs. So that's a, yep. that's a, that's a real good point and just another reason of, for, for compliance, quite frankly. you know. At that, I'm going to break back to Voice America
2: and take a breather. <music> Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for Extra Capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit GenieLift.com. That's genilift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts, or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory-fitted and field-tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime, We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two-parts warehouses. Go to GenieLift.com to find out more. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website, at GenieLift.com, the Genie Z60/37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE boom lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit GenieLift.com. This is Rental
0: Equip Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Radio at gmail.com. That's rentalequippedtalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back.
1: A lot of rental companies have both owned facilities, and, and typically the smaller, maybe the mom and pops own their facilities, and a lot of a lot of companies, and I would say the larger companies, lease their facilities, uh, and and this can be, I think, challenging when considering uh, investing in a compliant wash rack. How should a rental facility consider these different these two different uh, options of owning one versus leasing uh, a property?
3: Absolutely, that, that's another great question. I think um, you know one of the biggest things that we're seeing in the last. 10 years as a supplier for the rental industry is many of the decisions environmentally as it relates to the wash rack have become real estate decisions. Okay, so they're typically bringing our company in on the front end when they're looking at facilities, saying, Okay, how much is it going to cost or what is going to be involved to get this existing wash rack up to compliance based on what we're washing, and it becomes a real estate decision because hey, let's be honest if if they're going to if the rental facility is going to lease this facility for uh five years. Uh, how much money do you want to put into concrete and a metal building and either have the landowner uh, lease that back as a leasehold improvement or you pay out of pocket and you're improving the the landowner's facility and you may leave in five years. You don't want to invest, you know, Potentially one hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars in concrete and metal building and electrical and plumbing. If you're going to leave in three to five years, it doesn't make sense. So one of the things that is is very very important. Number one in uh, uh, evaluating a facility when they're moving in is what are the lease terms? Do you own this facility? Hey, if you own this facility and you're going to be here, you know for for. The foreseeable future, at least for 10 years, it only makes sense to do a a permanent wash rack where you pour concrete, settling pits. Things like that trench drains, because you 're going to get that return back over time you 're amateur, amateurize that cost over time and, and it 's not a not a huge cost if you know you 're going to be out of there in two years or three years, a portable wash rack is a, is something that has become popular in the last few years because again that is treated as an asset. The rental company would own that asset and/ or rent that asset from a company like us and is able to remove that uh, when the lease is up. So they're not taking a huge loss on concrete construction, on uh, metal building, plumbing and electrical. A portable wash rack can be put up many times in a day. So it's a very, very good option uh, for someone who is leasing their facility for a fairly short amount of time. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and and obviously, if you're going to do a permanent Uh, wash rack uh, uh, facility your company can also uh, help equip that it's not you're not just in the in the portable uh, wash rack system business you can also uh, get them all the all the equipment that they need for a permanent uh rack am i correct
3: absolutely and i think that's one of the things that that our company does well and 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 whomever a company uses is is when you go on site. One of the things I really enjoy doing, and I feel like our team enjoys doing, is when we have a new customer or a new facility, we send someone out there to evaluate it and say, "Okay, all right, you've got uh, you've got a shop this big. Here's the here's the power that we can pull off of. Here's where the plumbing lines are. Here's where the water is. Here's where the discharge to sewer." uh... might be located and you you come up with a plan and you say okay what's gonna work here what's gonna work most cost-effectively and is going to work effectively to give you a compliant wash rack where you're not gonna uh... have issues with with discharge bus over time so i think one of the things i really really enjoy doing is is doing site visits with customers and and figuring out what's their best option is their best option permanent is it permanent with uh, discharge to sewer? Is it permanent to recycle? Is it permanent to um, discharge to, the, uh, to a ditch? Or should we go portable because now it becomes a real estate decision?
1: Right. Well, And, and along those same lines, uh, are there certain steps a company should consider when they're evaluating a piece of property, be it Absolutely. electrical or, or drains or whatever the case may be?
3: Absolutely. I think uh one of the things that, that is really important that I think folks don't uh don't understand sometimes is there can be zoning restrictions. We've run into that a few times. Uh washing operations can be very dirty and uh depending upon what the facility what the zoning is on the facility, uh washing may or may not be allowed. Uh many times they say steam cleaning of of internal engines is, is not allowed Within these zoning requirements, so I think it's really important to again get a professional uh, to come in there with you and evaluate what is the best way to what it, what is our best option here, okay? Because there are so many things to consider. There's environmental. There's real estate. There's concrete. There's plumbing. The the actual wash operation is is really this the easy part,
1: right? Right. But I mean, even even drainage and uh, you know. Knowing where the where the wastewater ends up, I know that there's been times where you have to trace it all the way to a river or in our case a bayou or something uh based on what the city uh you know planning says that you can do is, am I, am I right with that
3: that that is correct you you want to know where you want to know many times we put cameras in the uh in the lines uh w- with a plumber is to see where where is this discharge water going to, where is it going to go? If there's a pipe stubbed up out of the concrete, hey, we weren't there when the concrete was poured, where is this discharge water going to go? You want to know that because if it's going to the wrong place, uh, you want to know that and you want to cap it. We've had that happen multiple times where the landowner told us, hey, this is, the discharge is going to city sewer, but the pipe actually went to a ditch and we didn't know. So that is that is a great question, something to to look at for sure.
1: Yeah. And, and I would presume that a lot of times if you're leasing a facility, the landlord has some say-so as to what, what exactly is going to take place on his property.
3: Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, landlord, look, again, let's go back to what we talked about before at the very beginning, Donald, is when you're generating hundreds of thousands of gallons of waste water over time, a landowner is gonna want that water cleaned up. He's not gonna want that going into his, his into the ground because he owns that facility. So typically we, we run into that most of the time the 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 property owner wants a set of the plans, he wants to know what kind of system, water treatment system you're gonna put in, what type of compliance, he wants to see your discharge permits because I get it. Hey, if I'm leasing if I'm leasing a, a large metal building and a in a in a, a lay down yard and a wash rack to, to somebody, I don't want that to be damaged, the value of it to be damaged with with uh, groundwater issues or remediation issues in the soil. So I think it's terribly important. And and a typical savvy uh, landowner is going to know what he's looking at. But, um, you know, many times before we go in or before some of our customers go into a new facility, they have a phase one done and sometimes a phase two with a core drill uh, I'm sorry, I didn't explain what a phase one you know, environmental assessment is, and a phase two. A phase two is, is more in-depth, where they core drill into the, into the ground by the wash rack or by the used oil tanks to make sure that there's no soil remediation issues. Does that and make that, sense? That's, because, that's to set a benchmark for the tenant, really. Go ahead. Right?
1: So, so you're setting a benchmark for the tenant as much as anything, right?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's there's lots of things to consider, and I think one of the things that is most important is doing your due diligence on the front end and seeing what is going to work and what what are your options.
1: Well, and there's always language in a lease document that says that the uh, tenant has to return the property in the same condition that the landlord gave it to him. So this gets to be a pretty important part of the whole, of the whole equation.
3: Exactly, exactly commercial real estate that I've done in the past I've I've got some some rental uh, buildings myself and you know this is uh, we purchased a, purchased a large building a few years ago and we did a phase 2 before we bought it because we knew they had been washing pipe we did the phase 2 at the wash rack Well, I'm in that business okay so I know the pitfalls of what could or couldn't be there we did a phase 2 uh, at at the wash rack, and they they had a geoprobe and drilled into the ground and found that everything was fine. But, hey, I wanted to know that before I moved in. I don't want to be responsible for someone else's contamination, um, even though I own the building. Does that make sense?
1: I I think it's some of the best money spent is to have that phase one or two done prior to moving in, again, to set a benchmark, and you're not inheriting somebody else's problem. And typically a landlord may have you do a phase one or two when you get ready to exit the building also, when you're giving Absolutely. up the lease uh, to make sure that, uh, that there's nothing hanging over their heads at the, at the same time. So, and,
3: Donald, uh, the place that they're going to go first is the wash rack. Why is that? Okay? The first place that the Phase 1 uh, environmental assessment uh, employee goes to is, is the wash rack, and probably, secondly, is going to be where the fuel tanks were. Okay? Right. Why is that? Because is the exact point of what we've talked about three times already is you're generating thousands and thousands of gallons of wastewater. Well, right. it's got to be treated correctly, it's got to be disposed of correctly, and it's got to be maintained correctly.
1: Okay. Well, let's take a quick break and go back to Voice America, and we'll pick this up when we come back.
2: Thank you. You betcha. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts, or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pro's site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pro's website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The Genie Z60 37FE boom lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie Difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60 37FE boom lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE Difference today. Visit GenieLift.com. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for Extra Capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit genielift.com that's genielift.com.
0: this is Rental Equip Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet if you have a question or comment about the program please send an email to Rental Talk Radio at gmail.com that's Rental Talk Radio at gmail.com now back to this week's program
1: and we're back with our guest, uh, Brian Evans, with Brian uh, Evans Equipment and Environmental. Our calling number is one eight six six four seven two, fifty seven ninety. 472 5790 Brian, we were just talking about real estate issues before the break. And uh, so let's, my next question for you is, that where is the best place on a property to locate a wash rack? If let's just say you've got a 10,000 square foot building, you've got three and a half acres, is there a certain area you recommend?
3: Yes sir. Um another good question. You know, Donald the the bottom line is this is if you can locate the the wash rack as as far away from the facility as possible it, it just prevents. Uh, hey, let's let's be honest, right? Wash rack is the dirtiest place in the facility. It's uh, it's where everything gets cleaned. Thus, all the, the 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 contaminants and the waste and everything goes into that wash rack. Um, so, obviously, the further away from the facility that you can be, that's still with on the property, is is best. That way, you're not tracking mud, you're not tracking water, you're not tracking dust. Or dust blowing uh, from the wash rack uh, into the shop where the guys are tearing equipment down to to repair it now that being said sometimes that that can be cost prohibitive right if you 've got a facility there and you 've got power and water and um, everything close and in, inside the facility, well, it may not make sense if you 've got a, a saw cut and trench uh, power four hundred and eighty volts and uh, uh, trench water and natural gas back to a facility that might be 200 yards away or 100 yards away that can be cost prohibitive so typically best case scenario is its own island somewhere off the main building okay and donald something something else you always want the wash rack to be the highest point on your facility reason for that is 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 due to rainwater and and overflowing of of anything is you don't want rainwater or storm water running into the wash rack and overflowing the the uh, settling pits okay Mm -hmm. you want the wash rack to be the highest point on the yard where water can shed off of it not into it does that make sense yeah and and you know you
1: kind of ease into another question that i have for you but do, do all wash racks have to be covered, and and how does rainwater affect just an open wash rack?
3: Yep, great question. Uh, typically, uh, not typically. I've not run into one case where a wash rack is not covered if they're discharging to sanitary sewer. Okay, the reason for this is is most sanitary sewer systems are already at their capacity or close to their capacity, and they don't want to treat rainwater. Okay? They won't accept rainwater. So if you have a wash rack that is permitted or you're attempting to permit it to sanitary sewer, you're going to have to have a cover on top of it. They're not going to accept wastewater, wash water uh, that is, say, 80% rain. Does that make sense? So Sure. That's one question. If you're recycling the water, uh, you do not have to have a covered wash rack. One of the things that you do have to watch out for is, for instance, in south Louisiana, south Texas, and many places across the southeast, you can get what, what we would call a gully washer, right? You're getting a ton of rain all at one time, and, and if you're getting a long period of rain and a lot of it at one time, you can overflow the pits, Okay, so Uh, one of the things that that we typically install in situations like this is a an overflow tank, if that makes sense. So you have a closed loop system with a uh, an open covered wash rack, no cover except on the equipment room. You you definitely want to cover over your equipment because it can be 480 volt three phase power on the on the pressure washer and the water treatment system and the water cannon you want that to be covered but the actual wash area does not have to be covered so we'll put in an extra tank to to incorporate a, a let's say a slug of rainwater that you would get quickly does that make I, sense and then sure. you can you can open that back up because not only you, you're going to have times when you get a lot of water, but you're also going to have times that you're going to run out of water because you're going to be in July and you're in a drought. Well, you're going to lose water. You're going to continue to wash with recycled water. Well, that water is going to evaporate. And so right. at some point, you're going to need more water. Right, And typically, is somebody assigned
1: to the wash rack to take care of the day-to-day maintenance uh, of yes, filters sir. and the like.
3: Yeah, Donald, that's. Uh, I would say that's probably the biggest challenge uh, in in the on the maintenance side of uh, this business as a as a vendor is typically. And and I, I hate to be as frank, but I'll be as frank as I need to be. Is typically your the guy that is running the wash rack is not the uh, highest paid guy at the facility, but he's tasked with doing the maintenance and and changing filters and or adding uh, uh, coagulant or microbes or whatever the system happens to be, flocculant, many times he, he may not be the um, a guy that has done a whole lot of maintenance on anything. He's there to just wash the equipment. So it's right. terribly important for someone at that facility. If it's not the wash rack, the guy, the guy that is washing that equipment, it's terribly important that someone takes ownership of that. Because again, it would be like running a tractor trailer, a high point of exposure and you're not doing any maintenance on it. You're not checking the brakes. You're not checking the engine. Well you've got a you know huge piece of iron running down the road that you've not maintained. Well your wash rack is a high place of exposure for the rental facility, it needs to be maintained.
1: Yeah, And it's a dirty job for sure. And, uh, Brian along that that same line of, of, uh, I guess the equipment, uh, talk to me about the sump integrity tests. Absolutely.
3: Okay. So this is something that we've begun doing for customers. Uh, we, we do it for a, a number of publicly traded companies, uh, for the same reason that, uh, we're watching their exposure. We're, we're managing their exposure. Sump integrity tests, basically, when you have a wash bay, you've got trench drains. You've got um, settling pits. You've got large sumps that may be, you know, 5,000 gallons. You might have uh, 10,000 gallons underground, okay? Well, you don't know what's going on in that pit. You can see your water level. But you're not paying attention if that water level is really going up and down. Well, a sump integrity test is this, is we want to ensure that the, the sumps are not leaking. Okay. That's again is a, is a unknown problem that you're not going to see until you move out. And so what we do there is we will take a measurement of the sump, say, uh, before closing time, uh, five o'clock on a, on um, either on a Friday or even on a weekday, and then we go back uh, X amount of hours later, 12 hours later, 16 hours later, 18 hours later, and make sure we, we uh, ask the customer not to wash so we know if that water level is staying right about where it was where we were before, that that pit and that sump is not leaking water. Does that make right. sense? Sure. But if That's that pit cool. is halfway down and you haven't washed and you haven't discharged, that water's leaking out of that pit. That's what you don't want to have because you don't even know you've got a problem and you've got contaminated water leaking into the, to the, to the ground underneath your pits.
1: And, why, and I've seen a lot of different wash racks, obviously, in my career, but why are they so difficult to maintain and keep running efficiently?
3: Uh, I, I'm going to give you two reasons. Number one, Donald, is they're not set up correctly many times, okay? When I say that, uh, uh, um, ABC company moves into, uh, you know, Dallas-Fort Worth, and, hey, they're trying to find any facility that they can to open up and be up and running in, uh, you know, three or four months. So they're moving all their equipment in. Hey, guys, we got to find a place to wash. Well, they just they, they use what is there, they throw a water treatment system in there and the and the, the bones of the of the wash bay are not good they're just trying to make something work so the 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 settling pits are not adequate uh, they don't have uh, a place to 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 settle the mud out or how to get the mud out easily and and it becomes a maintenance nightmare okay and I think that's one of the most important things is again it's why we talked about this on the front end so much is making sure that the pretreatment is done on the front end so that your maintenance and 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 the ease of maintenance goes down. On the back end, so that's one thing. The other thing is, is ownership. Is is the wash rack is a dirty place? It's not a uh, it's not a very exciting place. But let me tell you something: you cannot put out a dirty piece of equipment. There's not a rental company that I know that is okay with putting out a filthy piece of equipment. It is absolutely essential to have clean rental equipment. It's your image. It's safety related. It's it's a, a number of things that are high on the list is is what the wash Bay produces, but it's it's a dirty place, and so it, it doesn't typically get a lot of attention because you're dealing with wastewater, you're dealing with mud, you're dealing with oil It, it can become you know cumbersome
1: so and, and even even if it's going getting ready to go back to the rental line, uh, there's oftentimes it's going to end up going to the shop and before it goes to the shop for some repairs. It's got to it's got to be clean, also, right?
3: Absolutely, one hundred percent. You know, the technician or the mechanic, you know, doesn't want to work on a dirty piece of equipment. He wants to work on a clean piece of equipment. It's got oil leaking everywhere. He can't he can't tell where the oil leak's coming from. You got to clean it off. Find out where the hydraulic leak is. So, yeah, absolutely, it's it's a dual purpose for for. Uh, the actual repair and maintenance of the of the uh, piece of equipment, but also for a clean piece of rental equipment before it goes out.
1: All right. And so, Brian, if a rental company calls your company to help them with the wash facility, what are the steps that you typically take to determine what should be done? And, I mean, I think you mentioned before something about site assessment and permitting. So what exactly is the, is the turnkey service that you provide?
3: Absolutely. So, again, this is where I really love our business model is, hey, anyone can sell you a piece of iron to anybody can sell you a water treatment, uh, piece of water treatment equipment and treat the wastewater, but I feel like what we do best and what I enjoy the most is taking the whole picture and saying, okay... We got. Uh, we have a construction department. Uh, we have our own construction company. We have project managers, and we also have installers and, and, and guys that maintain the equipment. But I think what, uh, if a customer is calling out of the blue, that is one of the most uh, fun things we get to do is walk with that customer from from design concept, saying, "Okay, you've got this amount of space. You have." Uh, this type of equipment, let's come up with a solution that's not going to work for you for one month. It's not going to work for you for six months, but it's going to work with work for you for 10 years until you grow out of this place. So uh, I know I'm I may not be answering the question directly, but I think the turnkey approach, which is the water treatment equipment, the stuff that we manufacture and sell, is certainly a piece to the puzzle. but I feel like our our biggest um, as a company, the pain point that we hit the most for our customers is taking the holistic approach of 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 making something work with what they have doing it uh, uh environmentally compliant uh doing it with a a a construction mind uh, uh in the background knowing that hey the concrete needs to be this thick the fall of the concrete needs to be at this level the power is here we've got you know we have two or three uh, licensed electricians on staff here that are that are technicians. We've got uh, a couple of guys that have been commercial construction business for 25 years, so they know more about than just the the water treatment system.
1: Well, and obviously you've got you've got cities, you've got counties, you've got states. The bureaucracy that you must go through for permitting must be must make you pull your hair out. I would think sometimes.
3: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it can be challenging. I think. Knowing the the overall um, intent of of what the municipality or the state agency is trying to do um, is is good to start with. I think the bottom line is that can be very cumbersome. It can be very very difficult, specifically for a rental facility manager or a a service manager who doesn't know the correct lingo or doesn't know the right steps to take. Hey, there are times that we have to sub out pieces of the permitting process because it can be just just huge. Sometimes it depends upon the municipality. It's really not that difficult. They want a couple of water tests. They want to know what you're washing. They want to come look at the facility, and you write up a permit and, and, you know, goes through about three steps before it's approved. But that really depends upon uh, the facility.
1: At that, I'm going to break back to Voice America
2: and take a breather. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for Extra Capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit GenieLift.com, that's GenieLift.com Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two-parts warehouses. Go to GenieLift.com to find out more. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high-efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions, too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit genielift.com. This is
0: Rental Equipped Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to Radio at gmail.com. That's rental equipped talk radio at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. And
1: we're back, Brian. As, as these units become more portable as time has gone on, could could you actually see a, a wash rack becoming a piece of rental equipment that as a specialty item on a big construction site where they have restrictions on on mud uh, trucking down the street and stuff like that? Could could that Absolutely.
3: work? Absolutely. Absolutely. You you uh we we're already are seeing that uh both uh outside of our business but inside of it. We we're renting that type of equipment right now. It's not an everyday thing. It's typically it's gotta have a long enough uh um duration that it makes sense and they have the power and the water there, but it they're being used for a number of things at large construction sites, for instance levee construction these portable systems are being put up to knock mud off of the uh, dump trucks or pickup trucks before they they get on the road and they, they, they don't want to sling mud and, and break windshields or dirty up cars that are following them. Uh, but then also uh, many times a, a company uh, is moving into a building for a year, okay? Well, do they want to purchase this asset for a year before they move into their new facility or can they rent this equipment for 12 months, six to 12 months before they um, before they move in their uh, facility. So, absolutely yes, um, we're renting stuff as we speak. So, okay. and it, I think that piece of the industry will grow. Well,
1: I, th- I think that's something for the the salesman, uh, sales personnel that are out in the field to look for as a as a potential uh, you know revenue producer. Quite frankly, if it's a big enough project uh, to to go to their owners and say, I think we can do something with this, and And hopefully evans can get some business out of that absolutely tell me about how you guarantee and stand behind your products and services as as this is such a dirty difficult uh environmental issue uh and and you've got units scattered all over the the country uh how do you work on your guarantee
3: you know donald that uh that's something that, you know, we take seriously here, and I think uh, most companies do, is, you know, your your reputation and your t- integrity are, are on the line, and I think uh, when we're able to work with a customer uh, from the front end, and he's reasonable about the cost and reasonable about what it's going to take to get this thing in, in working order and it's, what it's going to take to get this thing compliant, we typically can come up with a solution that will work and and it's easy to stand behind The the challenges we have look every business has has money challenges right nobody's got an open checkbook so many times you've got to work within budget constraints and work with facility manager property managers or uh, real estate managers for those companies is just making sure that we're gonna have something that 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 works now the 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 owner of the equipment, the rental facility itself, has got to take ownership of the wash rack, and we know that. Uh, we've, we've begun starting doing some, um, some maintenance nationwide with uh, a few customers where uh, we're going once a quarter and, and doing maintenance at some of these wash racks to make sure that we're training and retraining their people on how to do the maintenance because, hey, we're coming once a quarter, but the maintenance has got to be done more than once a quarter. So I think what's really important, is training and retraining because guess what? There's turnover in that wash rack position, just like there's turnover in the management position. There's turnover sometimes in technicians. It's just the nature of the beast. So I think it's terribly important that someone is in there on a regular basis uh, to ensure that this thing is working properly, to ensure you're in compliance, to ensure that the equipment is being maintained, and we're not just giving it lip service. Does that
1: make so, sense? In, yeah, so in addition to, to selling a product, you're also offering, in a lot of cases, a maintenance agreement to come in on a quarterly basis uh, and make sure that everything's running right. But do you find that a lot of times just people calling in with a problem that, I mean, you have like a call center or anything or a troubleshooter that can typically solve a problem over the
2: phone?
3: Yeah, we can do some of that. Um it, again, it depends how savvy the guy is on the other end of the line. If he's got some uh, some technical ability, absolutely we can typically walk him through stuff on the phone. Uh hey, with technology these days, you can we FaceTime people, right? You you get your cell phone out and he he shoots a video of what's going on and you can walk him through it and say, "Hey, turn this knob or put the uh tube of uh, chemical here or or whatnot. So absolutely, there's many times we're able to uh, walk people through. Typically, they get one of the technicians involved that may be working at that facility, uh, and, and sometimes we can even sub out uh, a local uh, service provider if it's an electrical problem or a plumbing problem. We can sub those pieces out.
1: Okay, and so from from a science perspective, what's the smaller uh, end of the spectrum as far as wash racks, and what's the the larger size of the spectrum? And I'm, I guess, I'm really talking more about the portables rather than the the uh, the, the in ground, so to speak, uh, wash racks.
3: Um, as far as uh, what percentage of the business is portable and what is permanent?
1: No, in in, in actual size, if somebody's just a general rental center, you know, okay. doing uh, you know maybe up to a Bobcat, a skid steer, or in Uh, lawn and garden equipment that type of thing what's the smallest unit that you guys uh make and what's the largest unit that you make just in dimensions
3: absolutely so you know we've done good goodness we've done you know uh Uh, things as small as a, almost a wash booth, you know, a 10 by 10 to wash valves or to wash, uh, very, very small items and we recycle that water. Uh, so, you know, you've got a footprint that's extremely small inside of a, inside of a shop and then we've got, you know, obviously huge, uh, wash bays with, you know, uh, two bays and, uh, huge you know, settling pits that can be big as swimming pools, you know, to settle out the solids. So uh look, anything from from something very small to general rental center cleaning lawnmowers and uh trenchers and things like that up to, you know, something that, that can put out, you know, 70, 80, 100, 150 gallons a minute of water to knock down solids. So not sure if I answered that question quite yeah. right, but uh the the the, the 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 principles are the same, okay? The principles of water treatment and washing are the same. It's just scale. You just scale it to to what you're cleaning.
1: Right. I understand. I understand. Uh, Brian, how do people actually get in touch with you?
3: Yeah, great. Uh, So uh, our website is uh, Equipment. Dot com and the equipment is all spelled out. Evans E V A N S equipment dot com, and then one eight hundred number. We have a customer service representatives that will answer the phone at any time, and that number is one eight hundred three seven seven five eight seven two. Or you can email me personally. Uh, my email address is b evans b e v a n s at evansequipment.com so those are the the best three ways email website or good old telephone
1: (laughs) and Brian from a I don't want to I guess I'll use the word credibility standpoint uh, besides the rental industry tell the listeners some of the other industries that that you support
3: absolutely Uh, we're heavy into the oil and gas business um, uh, heavy into, uh, you know, oil field service companies. While that market has been a little challenging the past few years, uh, it's beginning to pick back up. So, you know, we're dealing with, um, you know, many, many international companies, uh, that have, you know, tens or tens or even hundreds of facilities in the U.S., North America, and overseas. Um, so oil and gas, heavy equipment, rental business. Um, valve companies, pipe companies, crane companies, you, you name it. Look, everybody, every company that has rental equipment that has to be cleaned is is somebody that we can potentially potentially deal with because you've got to get that stuff cleaned to do maintenance on it and you got to get it cleaned to re-rent it. Right.
1: Well, and, and did you mention the military also?
3: Yes, sir. We okay. do. We do business okay. <laughs> with the military as well government municipalities not just military hey a lot of lot of uh counties and, and cities have uh maintenance facilities where they wash buses or they wash uh heavy equipment or they wash tractors or bush hogs and things like that that is a is a uh, in our wheelhouse as well
1: and nobody nobody wants to dirty uh the the economy excuse me, the ecology anymore than it's already done right amen <laughs> amen Okay. Well, look, I really, go ahead.
3: No, I I didn't say anything. All
1: right. Brian, I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope you come back and join me again. In the meantime, keep the emails coming. Remember, you can always listen on demand. A quote for the day is, uh, the actual consequences of your actions matter far more than your actions themselves. Uh, My guest next week will be James Wade, a well-known attorney at law and a well-known author of articles for the rental industry. We'll be discussing legal issues that pertain to your rental business. I think you'll find it very interesting. For so next week, thanks for spending some of your valuable time with me today. Be safe and good renting. Thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Rental Equip Talk Radio. Be sure to join your host, Donald Charbonnet, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.
2: Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory-fitted and field-tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two-parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pro's site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pro's website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The Genie Z60 37FE boom lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie Difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60 37FE boom lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE Difference today. Visit GenieLift.com. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for Extra Capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com.